The Bible says this very clearly. It says that my people perish because of a lack of knowledge. And I've seen, I've seen this around the world. A lot of people have a lack of knowledge. When you, when you start to receive knowledge from the Lord, you start to receive the revelation of the Father. And the Father is full of revelation. Please say this with me. Please say with me, the Father is full of revelation. He's so full of revelation that it will take all the angels, all of eternity, to understand how big this God is and how holy and how glorious and how marvelous and how wonderful He is. And what I've, what I've learned from the beginning is when you read your Bible, you have to read the Bible word for word and not just verse by verse, but word for word. And there's so much depth in the Scriptures. And, and this morning we're going we're gonna to look at a, at, a, at a portion of God's heart. Now, you, you'll never read the Scripture without finding the heart of the Father. The heart, the heart of the Father is always found in each single Scripture. I was walking the other night as I like to do. I like to walk in the evenings and just speak to the Lord. And so what I've done is the Scripture came to my mind that said that God felt sorry to make man. Imagine God Almighty says, I'm sorry that I made men. Because of men's rebellion, men's sin, God said, I feel sorry that I made man. And you know what I say to the Lord? Sometimes I, I, I look at children and I, and I think to myself, they didn't ask to be here. All right, no children has asked to be here. And I said this to the, to the Lord the other night, I was walking. And as I was walking, I said to the Lord, Lord, I haven't asked to be here. I, I didn't ask to be created. And do you know what? In my spirit, I heard, I heard the voice say to me, I chose you. And, and I thought to myself, what? I, I didn't ask to be here. I said it again. I, I didn't ask to be here. And then I heard him say again, but I did. And then I understood that I was created for him. You were created for him. No baby asked to be here, but he asked for that baby to be here. Is somebody listening to me? So in other words, if you're sitting here under the sound of my voice, God has a plan for your life. He has chosen you. You didn't even choose him. Think about what I'm saying. If this doesn't excite you, nothing will. You couldn't even come to church this morning without Jesus Christ drawing you to his father. Amen. Come on, tell your neighbor that you have been chosen by God. That, that opened up something else for me. Because I said to the Lord, Lord, I didn't, I didn't choose to be here. And then he said, no, but I chose you. All right, so I'm chosen by God. And you are chosen by God. Say with me, I'm chosen by God. One more time. Do you believe that? Do you believe that you are chosen by God this morning? Come on, who believes that I'm a chosen generation? Amen, hallelujah. And you are not a mistake. God knew exactly why he needed to create you. And you are created first of all for his pleasures. Please hear me. When God created man in his image, by the way, we are the only creatures that has been created in his image. And let me just add on to this. Jesus didn't die for animals. He didn't, no, listen, he didn't shed his blood for Gabriel. He didn't shed his blood for Michael. He didn't, he didn't shed his blood for demons. He shed his blood for his own, to those who's created in his image and in his likeness. Think about this, that I am the only creature that has been created in the image of God. And the Bible says, in Him we live and we move and we have our being. We have been, you know, there's a, there's a, a, a thing in your body. And, uh, and nervous systems and, and, and cells that has been put all together. And, you know, the, the cell that has been put together is in the a, in a, in a, in a sign of a cross all over your body. It's a cross that keeps you together. Come on. 
Think about this. It's a cross that keeps you together. So we have been created for him, for his pleasures. So that when God looks at you, that he can have pleasure in his heart. And this is the way we should conduct our lives every single day. I want to start off with, with a teaching this morning that I wish that I can help people. And we're going to start with Genesis 1 verse 1. And we're going to go back right to the beginning of time where God created the heavens and the earth. And that you will understand the heart of God. Because a lot of people, again, like I said, they read scriptures, but they don't read it right. It says, it starts off with the following. In the beginning, when was the beginning? This is the eternal past. This is not 6,000 years ago. All right? In the beginning, it doesn't speak about 6,000 years ago. It speaks about the dateless past. All right? From the beginning of time. So in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Verse 2 says, the earth was without form and void and darkness was on the face of the deep and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And then verse 3 says, Then God said, Let there be light and there was light. Now, if you go back to verse 1, you will see, see it says, In the beginning God created. The word created speaks about perfection. I want you to shout perfection. perfection. You will never find God as a God of chaos. God doesn't bless a mess. Amen. When God creates something, He creates it to be perfect. Say with me, perfect. But what people read is, so people read, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, verse 2. And the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and nobody bats an eye. Everybody thinks, well, that's just there. So verse 1 says that God created the heavens and the earth, and everything was perfect, it was created. But verse 2 comes and it says, now it's without form and void, and darkness covers the face of the deep. I want you to go back to verse 1. The original Hebrew language says the beginning. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the dry land. I'll, I'll show you a scripture in the book of Psalm where when God created the heavens and the earth, He didn't create the sea. The sea was underneath the earth. Earth was covering sea. And so the first flood came because of the sea underneath the earth that messed up the whole world. And there's a reason for that. Every single time, if everybody looks at, at the flood of Noah, why did God allow the rain to come to destroy an earth? Why? Because of sin. Judgment. So God, everybody understands that the earth was completely destroyed because of judgment, right? In the flood of Noah. But not everybody wants to believe the fact that in verse 2, there must be another judgment. God had to judge the earth. And that was one of the first times that he judged the earth so harshly, so severely, that the Bible even says that there was nothing left of the earth. And, and I'm going to prove this to you quickly. So let's go to this again. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the dry land. I want you to turn with me quickly to the book of Psalm 136 verse 6. Psalm 136 verse 6. If we have it on the screen, it will help us. Not. Okay, Psalm 136 verse 6. It's a short verse, but just hear this. To him who laid out the earth above the waters. To him who laid out the earth above the the waters. So when God created the heavens and the, and the dry land in the beginning. Now if I say the beginning, you have to understand this is not 6,000 years ago. This is a dateless past. It is right from the beginning of time. So God created the, the heavens and the earth. 
The heavens was created before the earth was created. Everybody listening to me. And it was created in a perfect state. The scripture says that he created the dry land. So the dry land was covering the waters. The dry land. So in other words, there wasn't a sea when he created the earth at first. Now I want you to understand something. The Bible says this. Verse 1, it speaks about perfection. Please say perfection. perfection. Number two, verse 2 speaks about chaos. Disaster. And then verse 3 speaks, or, or, or let me say this, verse 2 speaks about destruction. It just describes it better. And then in, the, in verse 3, God says, then God said, let there be light, and there was light. Now I want you to listen to the word late. Late does not speak of creation. Late speaks of permission. Amen? Is everybody listening to me? So the word late isn't speaking about creation. It speaks about permission. Now the Bible says this, and I'll, I'll read this to you. Isaiah 45 verse 18. You will understand this. I'm building up to something. You will understand this now. For thus says the Lord who created the heavens, who is God, who formed the earth and made it, who has established it, who did not create it in vain, who formed it to be inhabited, I am the Lord and there is no other one. Now, the Bible teaches us that when God created the heavens and the earth, He created the earth never to be empty. So He created the earth to be inhabited. Oh, amen. Hallelujah. But what happened now? So in, when He created the heavens and the earth in verse 1, He created the, the earth to be inhabited. Think about this. The earth had inhabitants. I'll read this in scripture that I'll start to teach you. So when God created the heavens and the earth, in verse 1, He created the earth with inhabitants on. The Bible speaks about an angel called Lucifer. And I'll read that to you later on. I just want to explain this to you quickly. Lucifer was the God of this world. The Bible speaks about Lucifer having a kingdom. The Bible says that he ruled and reigned over the earth. And then in verse 2, I see there's a change in the attitude of God. Suddenly, He destroys the whole earth. And the only reason why God will do that is because of judgment. We understand that in the times that we're living in, when Christ returns, the earth will be destroyed again, but this time through fire. Why will He destroy the earth again? Because of judgment that is coming to the earth. So the first judgment happened in verse 2. Why? Because something happened. Yet Lucifer said that I'm going to make my throne above God's throne. Now, you have to understand, who remembered in the Garden of Eden, Lucifer was already a fallen being. Who remembered that? Because in, in, in the Garden of Eden, Lucifer spoke in, in the form of a snake. In other words, there was a point in the scriptures where Lucifer had to fall. And that, that fall came in verse 1, or, or, or Genesis 1 verse 2. That's where Lucifer fell. So he said, I am going up into the heavens and I'll make my throne far above God's throne. And what he did, the Bible teaches, he took a third of the angels because Lucifer was an archangel. An archangel had angels under him. So he took a third of God's angels with him in rebellion against God. On the earth, we like to call them pre-Adamites. It was, it was beings living on the earth. And because the Bible says, and I'll teach you this, I'll show you this in Scripture, before the first uh, flood, there was cities on the earth. The Bible says there was inhabitants on the earth. The Bible says the Lord scattered it, its inhabitants. 
and he turned the world upside down. Now, I know a lot of people didn't knew that, but I'm going to teach you that. Then you'll understand how demon, where demons come from, what their positions are, and why God did not give them amazing grace, how sweet the sound. <laughs> Hallelujah. So, we all understand this uh, in, in verse, uh, I want you to look at this, Isaiah 24 verse 1. I think we have that one on the screen, Isaiah 24 verse 1. Behold, the Lord makes the earth empty and makes it waste, distorts its surface, and scatters abroad its inhabitants. Just keep it on the screen. Behold, the Lord makes the earth empty and makes it waste. That does not happen in the flood of Noah. With the flood of Noah, the earth was not empty. You'll even find this, scripture says, in this flood, there was no more inhabitants. But in the flood of, of Noah, there was inhabitants. Noah and his family. Oh, come on, somebody. So behold, the Lord makes the earth empty, makes it waste. He distorts its surface and he scatters abroad its inhabitants. The Bible teaches us that there was inhabitants on the earth. And the scripture says that God shook them, scattered them all over. I want you to go listen to this. Genesis 1 teaches us clearly that God did not, or God created the heavens and the earth. And Isaiah 45 goes on and he teaches us that God did not create the earth to be empty and without void. So God created the earth to have inhabitants on. Are you with me? Is everybody understanding that? So Isaiah 24 says the earth was made void. The inhabitants were scattered. Now listen to what Jeremiah 4.23 says. I beheld the earth and indeed it was without form and void. Pause there. Don't change this. Let me just go back to Genesis 1 verse 2. I'll have to read this until it gets stuck in your head. The earth was without form and void. And darkness was on the face of the deep. Genesis 1 verse 2. The Lord was showing Jeremiah a state of the earth. I beheld the earth. And it, indeed it was without form and void and the heavens, they had no light. Pause, they don't change. Think about this. The only time that the scripture says that the, the earth had no form and was void was in Genesis 1 verse 2. And yet Jeremiah speaks about the same time of the earth. I beheld the earth and indeed it was without form and void and the heavens, they had no light. Let's go on. I beheld the mountains and they, indeed they trembled. And all the hills moved back and forth. I beheld and indeed there was no man. Pause. The flood of Noah had men. Eight of them. This is the only time that Jeremiah says, I beheld, I beheld no man. Why? Because this was speaking about Genesis 1 verse 2. And all the birds of the heavens had fled. Now in Noah's time, all the birds of the heavens didn't flee. Some of them were in the ark. I beheld, and indeed, the fruitful land was a wilderness. Pause there again. With Noah's flood, the land was not a wilderness. There was still vegetation. Genesis 1 verse 2 says all form of vegetation was completely destroyed. In Noah's flood, there was still vegetation. Everybody listening to me. And all its cities were broken down. What cities? There had to be cities. Why were there cities? For the inhabitants. At the presence of the Lord by His fierce anger, because of His judgment. 
Is there one more? For thus is the Lord, the whole land shall be desolate. Yet I will not make a full end. So here God says, I'm going to, I'm going to make the whole land desolate, but I will, not, I will not put a complete end to the earth. For this shall the earth mourn, and the heavens above be black, because I have spoken, I have purposed, and will not relent, nor will I turn back from it. Who remembered in Genesis 1 verse 2 says, darkness was on the face of the deep. Here God says the whole earth shall be darkened. Now this is only because of judgment. Please understand this. I want you to look at me. This is because of judgment. I want you to backtrack and listen to me. God created the heavens and the earth. And the Bible speaks about He created it with cities. There was vegetation. So there was food more than enough. There was animals on the earth. Then judgment happened. And I'll read you the judgment that happened. Why judgment happened. So Lucifer fell. He took a third of God's angels. They went up into heaven to rebel against God, to dethrone God from his throne. Lucifer had pride in his heart. You have to understand the first sin that ever happened was pride. Lucifer fell because of pride. He was so stupid. You think about this, that he said, I'm going to dethrone God. God created him. But yet he said, I'm going to make my throne above his throne. And the scripture says, so he was casted out of heaven with a third of his angels. Now, the, you have to think about those inhabitants on the earth also followed Lucifer because he was their God. He was in charge of the earth. He was in charge of planet earth. And so the Lord said, I'm going to put a full end on everything on this earth. I will scatter the inhabitants. I will turn this, I will shake the cities upside down. The scripture speaks about God who turned the world upside down. Amen. And the Bible says there was no sea, but the sea that was underneath the earth. And the reason why God created the sea to be underneath the earth, the water underneath the earth would always nourish the gardens. Now God says it's coming out, I'm bringing an end to this. There will be darkness, there will be no more light, I'll seal it. Listen what happened, when there was darkness, God sealed the, whole, the, whole, the, the sun and the moon and the stars. Now I like it when, 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 I, when I, I laugh at people's theology and you know, when they say the king of, of, of Tyre, where the scripture says he, he invaded heaven, they said it was a man. Now let me just quickly tell you, no man in his own power can go up to heaven and say, I'm going to dethrone God. Come on. We have to be stupid to believe that, really. We have to, we really have to sit and figure out our, our, our IQ levels if we say it was a normal human being that made a decision, I'm going to go up to heaven. No, it was an angel. An angel had access. The book of Job teaches us that those angels, they were called the sons of God, had access to God's throne. They still have. Is somebody listening to me? And that same day where they had access to God's throne was the day that Lucifer said, I'm going to dethrone him. All right, hello. So Lucifer is called uh, son of the morning or morning star. But I like what Jesus is called, the bright and morning star. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, to, to think about this. So, between Genesis 1 verse 1 and Genesis 1 verse 2, there had to be billions of years. 
This is why the scientist says that the Christians are crazy. We believe the earth is 6,000 years old. This, the earth is not 6,000 years old. The earth is billions of years old. There's a countless or a dateless past that there's no even no time into eternity, how long it was before when everything was created. But between those time, between Genesis 1 verse 1 and Genesis 1 verse 2, there was billions of years that, was, that went past with an earth that was desolate and dark. But God remembered his word. I have not created the earth to be without form or void. I have to create them. I have to create inhabitants. Hallelujah. I hope everybody gets this. I'm going to get to the good side now. Are you ready for more? I don't know if you're ready for more. Hallelujah. All right, I'm going to get some of the scriptures. Okay, now I want to read you something. Just let you understand this. The Bible says, when the flood of Noah happened, it took days, months, for the waters to subside. Who remembered that? But with this flood, Psalm 104 says something else. Let me read this to you. If you have it on the screen, Psalm 104, verse 6 and 7. You covered it with the deep as with a garment. The waters stood above the mountains. At your rebuke, they fled. At the voice of your thunder, they hastened away. In this, this is where God says, Let there be light. The water says, Gone. But not with the flood of Noah. It took months for the waters to subside. But the Bible says in this one, God rebuked the waters and the waters fled immediately. This is why there's a difference between the two floods. Let me, let me quickly give you, you know, I like you today, so I'll give you more. In Lucifer's flood, Genesis 1 verse 2, the earth was made waste. If you read in Genesis 8, in Noah's flood, the earth was not made waste. In, in Lucifer's flood, the earth was empty. But in Noah's flood, the earth was not empty. You can read that in Genesis chapter 6. In Genesis, or, or rather in Lucifer's flood, the earth was made totally dark. In Noah's flood, the earth was not totally dark. And there's scriptures to prove both of them. In verse, uh, or rather number 4, no waters or the waters was taken off in one day, according to the book of Psalm. But the Bible says it took months in the, in the flood of Noah. This is why it's two distinct floods. And both floods came because of judgment. Now I want you to read the following with me. Ezekiel 28 verse 11. And we're going to read right up to 17. I'm, I'm going to give you, do you know what I do? I, I give you a lot of scriptures now. We build up to something powerful and you understand everything here. The Bible says, moreover, the, the word of the Lord came to me saying, Son of man, take up a lamentation for the king of Tyre and say to him, thus is the Lord God, you were the seal of perfection. Now, I want you to stop, listen to me. The king of Tyre speaks about Lucifer. It does not speak about a man. All right, and I'm going to read on and then you'll understand why it can't speak about a man. It says you were the seal of perfection, full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. You were in Eden, the garden of God. Pause. If, if, if this is a man, it should be speaking about the man Adam. It does not speak about the man Adam because the man Adam did not went into heaven to dethrone God. Woo, it's quiet in this place. So the only other one in the garden of Eden was Lucifer. 
You were in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was your covering. Pause there too. Adam was created in God's image. If Adam had precious stones as his covering, I have precious stones as my covering. I'm in the lineage of Adam. Come on, is somebody listening to me? Come on, I want to ask you to help me preach in this place a little bit. Come on. People believe that this was a man. The Bible teaches us something different. Amen. So don't worry about man-made doctrine and let's read the word of God. Amen. It says, every precious stone was your covering. The sardius, the topaz, the diamond, beryl, onyx, and jasper, sapphire, turquoise, and emerald with gold. All those coverings was how Lucifer was created. Imagine an angel being created with sardius and topaz and diamonds and beryl and onyx and jasper and sapphire and turquoise. It doesn't mention red horns <laughs> and a pitchfork. It doesn't say that. It says he was covered with emerald and he was covered with gold. Hallelujah. The workmanship of your timbrels and pipes was prepared for you on the day you created. Look at that. It says the workmanship. It says he had timbrels and pipes on the inside of him. In other words, he was an angel created to lead praise and worship in heaven. Just his body was a whole music instrument. My goodness. This is why, this is why Satan hates a church that worships. Because he was supposed to do that and he can't do it no more. He does not have the right to worship God anymore. Alright? It says you were the anointed cherub. That gives it away. Yes. It's not a man. A cherub is an angel. You were the anointed cherub who covers. I established you. You were on the holy mountain of God. You walked back and forth in the midst of fiery stones. He was the one that led worship in heaven. Is anybody listening to me? You were perfect in your ways from the day you were created till iniquity was found in you. By the abundance of your trading, you became filled with violence within and you sinned. Therefore, I cast you as a profane thing. I like that. A thing. <laughs> He didn't get that one. You were a profane thing. He's just a thing. Yo, dung. Therefore, I cast you as a profane thing out of the mountain of God. And I destroyed you, O covering cherub, from the midst of the fiery stones. Your heart was lifted up because of your beauty. You corrupted your wisdom for the sake of your splendor. He traded his passion for glory. I cast you to the ground. I like that. I cast you to the ground. I laid you before kings that they might gaze at you. Is that it? That's where we stop. Now, this speaks about Lucifer. How beautiful he was until iniquity was found in him. Iniquity was found in him in Genesis 1 verse 2. That's where iniquity happened. That's why there was judgment on the earth. Amen. And that's why a third of his angels fell with him. Now I want to read you one more. Isaiah 14 verse 12. How you are fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning. Again, Lucifer was not a man. It's an angel. He, the angel fell from heaven. Not a man. Okay. Okay. 
You know, let me just say this. Oh, I have to. I have to get this off my chest. They believe, some of the crazy guys, believe that the whole book of Revelation already happened. Wonderful. I wonder where in history that was written down. I wonder where the new heavens are today and where the new earth is. Because the Bible teaches us in the new earth there will be no more death, no more crying, no more sickness. If this is the new earth, why are people still dying? Why are people still suffering? Come on, think about this. It's crazy. Pearl Harbor is in history. Titanic went down in history. But it's nowhere written in history that a bunch of people have been raptured away. And they disappeared and nobody knows where they went. Trust me, it's coming. And when it comes, everybody will know. I said everybody will know. The Bible says with a sound of a trumpet, He will come and we will be with Him forever and forever and forever. Hallelujah. And by the way, in the new heaven and new earth, we will be rulers and reigners with Christ. We will judge angels, the scripture says. Woo! Yes. I know that the Bible teaches us as it is in heaven, so it shall be on earth. We should operate with the kingdom on the earth. But let me tell you, this is not our final destination. This is just a passing through. I don't care how many people tell me I'm crazy. Call me crazy. But if this is our final destination, this is hell. This, this is nothing to what the Bible promises me. Eternal life in Him. If this is our final destination, why are people dying? Even those who proclaimed we will never die again. Why did they die? Oh my goodness, I feel the anointing of God. It says, how are you fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How you are cut down to the ground, you who weakened nations. Which nations? Which nations did he weaken? Let's go on. For you have said in your heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will also sit on the mount of congregation. The mount of congregation. In other words, he said, I will sit and receive worship. On the farthest side of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. Yet you shall be brought down to Sheol. Sheol means hell. To the lowest depths of the pit. That was prophesied to him, by the way. Because the, you, will, you will see this in the, in the, in, when, when after the rapture and when the tribulation comes, the scripture says that the devil will be cast into a pit for a thousand years where God will bind him with, with, with chains, an angel will guard it, it will be sealed for a thousand years where Christ will set up his kingdom on the earth where we will we will reign with Christ on the earth for a thousand years. The scripture says after this, the devil will be loosened for a short time. 
And the Bible says he will gather for himself people again. Now, those will be people who refused the righteousness and the laws of Christ. Because when Christ comes back to establish his kingdom on the earth, it will be a strict kingdom. You better hear me. It will be a kingdom of righteousness and holiness and this world will hate it. They will hate Christ Jesus. The Bible says when the devil has been loosed for a short while, he will gather for himself people again. And the Bible says they are as much as the sand of the ocean. Think about this. As many as the sand of the ocean. And they will rebel against God. And the Bible says by one word, God will send fire down from heaven and consume them all and they will all go to hell. This is why when Peter said to Jesus, Lord, those who are lost, or those who are going to hell, are there many? He said, Lord, those who are saved, are there many? Jesus said, you have to fight to get in. Many will try but will not be able to. Imagine if the Bible says to you that as many as the sand of the ocean is going to hell and people still don't believe it. I'm going to hit you of knowledge. There's a scripture that teaches us that hell has enlarged itself. Far above. If you think about this, so God created hell for Satan and his angels. But because people don't want to serve the Lord, they're going to go there too. But the scripture says hell has reached its maximum. That it even had to enlarge itself beyond measure. And I'll read this to you right now. So let's just go on. Let me let you see this. Those who see you will gaze at you and consider you saying, Is this the man who made the earth tremble? Who shook kingdoms? Who made the world as a wilderness and destroyed its cities? Who did not open the house of his prisons? This is what the Bible speaks about Satan. Seen you've fallen, you've weakened nations. Lucifer was an angel that tried to stop the Lord. Let me just explain this to you. He made up his mind, I'm going to receive God's worship. This is why it's so important to understand there's no glory that belongs to you. If the glory does not belong to you, it also means the attacks does not belong to you. Who remember the scripture? The Bible says, if you are being persecuted for, for his name's sake, on their behalf, God is blasphemed. On your behalf, he's glorified. So think about this. Lucifer said, I'm going to receive his glory. This is why pride becomes, comes before the fall. This is why you have to learn yourself this. Never allow pride in your heart. Because when pride comes, the enemy will use pride against you to make you fall. Because when you, when, listen, when you exalt yourself, it means that I take the worship. Oh, I take the glory. And God says, I will have none of that. The glory belongs to the Lord. Shout amen if you're with me. Doesn't matter what you experience, what you get in life, what you achieve in life. It is all just because of the goodness of the Father. It's not because of your goodness. Listen, every single blessing, every single overflowed thing that you receive is not because of your hard work. It is a direct reflection of the goodness of a Holy Father. Please understand this. It's not because you had a great idea and a business deal. It's because of His faithfulness. Somebody say, His faithfulness. Hallelujah. So, so the Bible says that Satan was in charge of the earth. He was the God of the earth. 
and he had subjects under him. The Bible says that he, he issued kingdoms. The Bible even says that Satan had a throne. If you have a throne, it means that you're a king. If you have a king, it means you have a kingdom. The earth was his kingdom. And there was earthly subjects because the Bible teaches us that God didn't create the earth to be void and empty. There was inhabitants. It was clearly understood in the book of Jeremiah that the inhabitants were scattered abroad. Which inhabitants? Which cities? In the, in the world, in Genesis 1, verse 1. From there, I have seen how Satan hated God. Because now God has thrown him out of heaven. Genesis 1, verse 3, the Bible says, And God said, Let there be light. Here God did not create light. He gave permission for light to shine again. Because the Bible teaches us that the, the sun and the moon and the stars were sealed up. Think about this. Judgment was so severe on the earth that the earth was permanently dark. Permanently dark. Let me just say something to you. Hell has got the same problem. Darkness. In hell there's no light. And I want you to understand this. Hell is not a state of mind. There's a reason I say this today. Hell was created for Satan and his angels and demons. And I want you to hear me right now. Fallen angels are not demons. There's a difference between a, an angel and a demon. An angel, the scripture says, can appear in a form of a man. While a demon needs a person. He needs a body to function. An angel don't need a body, he has a body. A demon is a disembodied spirit. Say with me, disembodied spirit. That's what a demon is. So, in other words, so the hell was created for Satan, uh, for his angels, and for the demons. For those inhabitants that was on the earth. Please listen, when they lived on the earth, in Genesis 1, verse 1, it was in a perfect state. There was no sin. Sin came in Genesis 1, verse 2, when pride was found in Satan, and then they followed Lucifer. And then God said, I'll, I'll bring an end on, on, on everything. Everything will end because of this. So, hear me quickly. So, there is where God said, now I'm going to create hell. I'm, I'm going to create hell for Satan. And, and, and so, so, the Lord knows, in, in, obviously, He's God. He knows everything. He knew that people will still serve the devil. So, in the underworld, if you want to find out where the Bible teaches us where hell is, hell is underneath the earth. It's in the, in the middle core, in the center of earth. What you need to understand is when you die today without Jesus Christ, your body goes into the grave. Look at me quickly. Don't let people tell you he's resting. <laughs> Brother, there's no rest in hell. The Bible says day and night you will be punished severely in hell. Hell is not the final destination. Everybody thinks hell is the final destination. It's not. There's another destination. Hell is... Like a prison cell. It's like a waiting trial. The Bible says this very clear. So when you die, your body goes into the grave. But your spirit and your soul goes to heaven or to hell. Alright? So if you don't know Christ, you go to hell immediately. You're not going to wait for judgment. No, no. After judgment, you'll go to the pool or to the lake of fire. Alright? So you go to hell immediately. Immediately you get punished in hell. Immediately. And I have dealt on hell before, and you, you can see in the scripture what Jesus, Jesus spoke more about hell than about heaven. And, and so in other words, when you die in Christ, 
you, your, your body goes to the grave, but your spirit and your soul immediately goes to be with the Lord. Immediately. Immediately. Jesus said to that thief next to him on the cross, from this day, you will be with me in paradise. I like this. So what happened was, hear me. In the underworld, there's five compartments. Five compartments. Number one, paradise. Say paradise. Now, it's, it's in the scripture, it teaches us this. Before Jesus came to die for us on the cross, you have to understand this. That Satan took the keys of the kingdom. It was just handed to him through Adam and Eve. It was just handed to him. So everybody that died prior to Christ, in other words, Abraham, when Abraham died, he went into the underworld in a compartment called paradise. Now, there was a big gulf between hell and paradise. Who remembered when the rich man, when Jesus spoke about the rich man in, in Abraham's bosom? He, he, uh, or Lazarus in Abraham's bosom, and he saw the rich man in hell. And the rich man in hell says, my tongue burns. Can somebody just give me water? And then he said this, the, the, um, Abraham or, or Lazarus says, there's a big gulf between the two, so we can't cross over. So those who died in the Lord and went into paradise, they went into a place where there was no pain. But they were waiting. They were waiting for the promise. What promise? The Messiah. That will come and get them out and take them to paradise forever. So people died without the Lord, they went into hell. So the people in hell could see the people in paradise and vice versa. Those in hell was punished. Punished. The Bible says in hell, worms feed on you 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. The Bible says hell is forever. It's a, it's a punishment forever and forever and forever and forever and forever. Alright, so paradise, hell. Number three. It's called a place called Tartarus. It's a jail cell for fallen angels. Genesis chapter 6. Let's, let, let me read this to you. You know, you want to be taught? I'll, I'll teach you. Genesis chapter 6. I'm going to start there and then I'm going to get ready. 2 Peter 2 verse 4. So Genesis chapter 6 says the following. Now it came to pass when men began to multiply on the face of the earth and daughters were born to them that the sons of God saw the daughters of men that they were beautiful and they took wives for themselves of all whom they choose. And the Lord said, My spirit shall not strive with man forever for he is indeed flesh. Here his day shall be 120 years. Now the Bible says that the sons of God, which is the angels, came to earth, slept with women, bore children, Became giant race. And uh, the, uh, do you have Second Peter on the screen? Now listen to what Second Peter says. For if God did not spare the angels who sinned, but cast them down to hell and deliver them into chains of darkness to be reserved for judgment. See what it says? It says there's angels that God has thrown down in confined prisons waiting on judgment. Second Peter 3 verse 4, if we have that, that will help. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 4. And saying, where is the promise of His coming? I want to say this. A lot of people mock this. Oh, when, when is the promise of His coming? Oh, we've heard He's coming, He's coming, He's coming. All right? So here the Bible says, where is the promise of His coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were before the beginning of creation. Next one. 
For this they willfully forget, that by the word of God the heavens were of old, and the earth standing out of the water and in the water, by which the world that then existed perished, being flooded with water. Here Peter says, the world that then existed. In the beginning of time, which was totally destroyed by water. But the heavens and the earth, which are now preserved by the same word, are reserved for fire until the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. So here's the, here's the thing. In Tartarus, the scripture says, there's, there's angels that's down there. In a, right now, think about this. Look at me quickly. We are having church while there's angels in confinement Locked up in chains, literal chains, the scripture says. In the underworld, underneath this earth I'm standing on. There's angels confined to judgment. And the Bible says they will be judged in judgment day. Come on, there's another compartment. Compartment number four that speaks about the bottomless pit. In the bottomless pit, there's demons. That is, the Bible says most of the demons are still in the bottomless pit. Imagine this now, and Vessel to Brain says this. Every single sickness and disease is not of God. It's demonic spirits behind it. Every single sin on this earth is because of a demonic force behind it. Imagine if it's as bad as it is now. Imagine in the tribulation where the Bible says that most of those demons will come out. How bad will it be then? Come on, somebody hear me. The Bible says even the bottomless pit has a king. He's got a name. Apollyon. That's a king over the demons in hell. And obviously, it's demonic. It's not a king that God is. It's a demonic thing. Long story short, number five. The lake of fire. The lake of fire is a literal place with literal fire. Now what people don't understand is the following. The Bible teaches us this. When the rapture takes place, do you know what's going to happen? The Bible says those who died in Christ will raise first. Yeah. So think about this. They, they are in heaven right now. But they will come back to meet with their bodies. All is for us. <laughs> their bodies coming back. So we that's alive and well, the scripture says, will meet, join them together, meet the Lord in the air. So our physical bodies is going up. Now, those who died without the Lord, they're going to receive their bodies too. And they, this, this, is, this, this is a scripture. There's two judgments according to the Bible. Number one, a white throne judgment. Number two, the mercy seat of Christ. When I stand before the Lord one day, I am going to be judged according to His righteousness. You, if that doesn't change your way of walk with the Lord, nothing will. You will be judged according to His righteousness. In other words, when Umdenzel stands before Jesus one day, because Jesus is going to judge him, He's not going to say, yeah, that gedoen nie, dit gedoen nie, dit gedoen nie. He's say, done, there's nothing. I see nothing on you. I can't find anything wrong. There's no fault. Come on, there's no past. There's no wrong. Righteous, righteous, righteous. And the Bible says, in that day, where you stand before Christ, everything will be laid out before Him. 
So your, the motive of your heart, every single motive of your heart will be laid out. Did you know that the Bible teaches us that when you stand before God one day, the reason why you serve Him, why you really served Him on earth, will be laid out before Him. He will know that you serve Him because you fear hell, or that you serve Him because you love Him, and you can't live without Him, and that He's your everything, and that He's the lover of your soul. It will be laid out before you. But what people miss, there's a white throne judgment. The Bible also says Jesus will be that judge. And did you know what the Bible teaches with the white throne judgment? There is absolutely no mercy there. No mercy there. The scripture says you will be judged for everything that you've did, that you did in, on this earth. Every single word that you uttered, you will be judged. And hear me right now, your wife is not going to stand next to you, sir. Your children is not going to stand there. You're going to have to stand and give accountability before God for your own life. And the Bible says on that judgment seat, white throne judgment, there's no mercy. There's no mercy. You can't even say, Lord, have mercy on me. Right there, there's absolutely no mercy. There's just judgment. Imagine this. I want you to think about this. This is where the scripture says, I'll read this to you. When your name has not been found in the Lamb's book of life, you will be thrown into the lake of fire. My goodness. I really think that we have to come to a point where we are serious. Amen about serving the Lord where we are serious concerning our righteousness in the Lord and I want to make sure that you understand the word righteousness righteousness means right standing right standing with God I am like he is the only time I can stand before the mercy seat of Christ and be judged according to his righteousness is when I live the life of righteousness. When I forsook the whole world, when I've laid down sin. Is somebody listening to me? Wave at me if you're awake. I have to tell you this because the day is coming and it is right now. It's, it's here where everybody will have to stand and give accountability before God in their day. So where does demons come from? Demons comes because of their walk on the earth in Genesis 1 verse 1, subjects under, under Lucifer, they followed him. And the reason why God destroyed them and did not give them a second chance, let me tell you why, is because they have not been created in the image of God. Amen. Is someone listening to me? Yes. This is why when we were created six, more than 6,000 years ago, when we were created, God sent His Son to die for us because we are the only creatures that has been created in His image and in His likeness. Isn't that marvelous? I want to read you a scripture quickly. So the five compartments, if you don't have it, number one, paradise. So what I want you to hear me, I just have to add to this quickly. So when you die without the Lord today, you go to hell. So you are waiting, uh, a waiting prisoner. You're waiting for judgment. All right? You understand that? It's like a small jail in South Africa, and then after they judge you, they send you to the big one, Sun City or whatever. <laughs> All right, it's almost like that. And so, so what the Bible says is, when judgment day comes, everybody in hell will be removed. And then you're going to stand before God in the, uh, in, the, in the white throne judgment. And you're going to be expelled from His presence forever. You'll receive your judgment. And the Bible says then God will take you 
and he will throw you into the lake of fire. Everybody asks me this, I get this normally. Why would a loving God put people in hell? God does not put people in hell. We choose hell. God does not put people in hell. Your decisions put you in hell. If you put your stove on and your plate is, is hot and you call your children and you say, don't put your hand on the plate, you're going to burn. I, I love you. I don't want to see you hurt. And your child goes and puts his hand on the plate and he burns. Is it your fault? No, you've gave him all the instruction and all the warning. God even sent His Son, Jesus Christ, to die for you so that you might live. What more does God need to do to save you? Now you have an opportunity to live for Him. Five compartments, paradise. Then you get hell. And I'm going to show you something else now. Then Tartarus, where the angels are locked in prison. Then the, the pit where most of the demons are in and will come out. Also the place where Satan will be bound in. And the number five, the lake of fire. Now, here's the thing. The Bible says hell has enlarged itself beyond measure. Now, what I, what I think about is God has created a, an area called hell in the underworld that is so big that people go to hell, all right? And here the Bible says that hell has come to a place where it enlarged itself. Let me give you a scripture. Isaiah chapter 5. You can write this down because now you'll have, you'll, have, you'll have so much to answer people. Isaiah chapter 5. And, and this is going to get people angry, I think, but it's, it's the truth. Isaiah chapter 5 verse 11. Listen to this. Woe to those who rise early in the morning that they may follow intoxicating drink. South Africa. Well, listen to this. Who continues until night, till wine inflames them. This speaks about people that likes to party. Amen. They continue until night. The wife is waiting up. Where's my husband? We don't know. He's gone somewhere. The harp and the strings, the tambourine and the flute, and wine are in their feasts. Pause there quickly. Just look at me. Don't read further on. I want to explain this. Think about this. No party, every single party that you know of, it's got alcohol and music. And the music is louder than what people can even hear. So the music is so loud and everybody screams. <laughs> Why don't they just switch off the, just dial it down a bit. Nobody had to scream. And then they are, they are, alles uh, drunk. Have you ever noticed this? And then so, so what happens with alcohol, it makes you loud. And strong. And beautiful. And rich. Very well, very well. <laughs> and you know everything. And nobody can sing like you sing. And suddenly you love everybody. And then you cry a bit. When it's wrong for any case. So the Bible says it's the same here. They party until early time, night in the morning, or early, early hours in the morning, and they use all kinds of music instruments. And today they use CD players, Bluetooth devices, all right, YouTube, whatever. So it says, and why not in their feasts? As a vandaag, that's drunk. As the baby showers, is drunk. If there's somebody's kitchen tea, there's alcohol. Come on, if there's somebody's bachelor, bachelor's party, there's alcohol. Why? I ask you with tears in my eyes. Why do you need a bachelor's party? Why don't you just not get married? 
So the bachelor's party is for you to have your, your final free pass to do whatever you want to do. Are you nuts? Stay unmarried. Then you have a free pass your whole life. Crazy. Uh, that's just me. I don't know. If my IQ is just on another list. I don't know. But. Yeah, okay, so let's go on. It says, but they do not regard the work of the Lord. Amen. Nor consider the operation of His hands. Therefore, my people have gone into captivity. Why are people in captivity? Alcohol. Alcohol brings bondage. I don't care. No, it's not good for the stomach. It's good for the conscience, maybe. Oh, we drink wine for the stomach, you know. Will twang. Use the word of God for your stomach. If the word of God doesn't work, no alcohol in this world will be able to heal that stomach. Woo! Oh. Therefore, my people have gone into captivity because they have no knowledge. The honorable men are famished and the multitude dried up with thirst. Listen to this. Therefore, Shehul, or hell, has enlarged itself and opened its mouth beyond measure. The glory and the multitude and the pomp and he who is jubilant shall descend into it. The Bible says hell has enlarged itself because of alcohol. I want to say this as it is because there's no other words to explain this. Jesus made this clear. No drunkard shall inherit the kingdom of God. But Vessel, I'm not drunk. The Bible says even if you look upon it, it's sin. Ooh. Let's, be, let's read another one. I have to. Woe to those who are wise in their own eyes and prudent in their own sight. Woe to men mighty at drinking wine. Woe to men valiant for mixing intoxicating drink. So if you rum and coke, you're going to smoke. <laughs> and I promise you, you're not going to choose. Well done, medium well done. You're going to burn forever and forever and forever and forever and forever. Imagine this, the scripture says, hell has enlarged itself because of drinking, of alcohol, that God had to open up. People ask me, how can it happen? I believe paradise underneath the earth is empty now because this is what happened. In Genesis chapter 6, Satan released a, a group of angels to sleep with women on the earth to produce a giant race. Why did he do that? To stop the bloodline of Christ Jesus. So, the, so, so if the more giants have been produced, then the bloodline of Christ would have stopped. This is why there was only eight people. And by the way, Noah's children wasn't actually righteous. The Bible says that Noah was a righteous preacher. The scripture says a righteous preacher. And because of his life, his children were saved. All right? So in other words, every, everybody else was not righteous on the earth. Imagine this, a whole world unrighteous before God. And with, I can't even explain to you how many giants that has been produced to stop and corrupt the bloodline of Christ Jesus. The Bible says so those angels 
has been confound into prisons in the underworld waiting for judgment. They will be judged. The Lord will judge them severely because the scripture says they left their abode. It's, it's, it's wrong for angels to come and, and be intimate with women on the earth. But think about this. So Satan thought, I'm going to stop the Lord. I'm going to stop him completely. But what the devil didn't knew was that when Jesus is going to die on the cross, he's going to go to the underworld. And the Bible says he will preach to the parted spirits and he will preach to the angels. Now, angels don't understand the gospel. Because the Bible says, have they knew, they would have never crucified the Lord of glory. Amen. Imagine. So here, Abraham died in the Lord. He went into paradise. David died in the Lord. He went into paradise. Moses died in the Lord. He went into paradise. And they were all waiting on the promise of the Messiah. And here, Jesus died on the cross. And he, his body is in the tombs. They laid his body in the tombs, and here Jesus goes into the underworld. Where did he go to? Paradise. All right, so Jesus went to paradise. What did he do in paradise? I can tell you what he did. First of all, he took back the keys to the kingdom. Can you imagine if Satan was there that day, which I believe he was, and he had to see Christ Jesus, and Jesus walked towards the prison called Tartarus, and he walked into that prison and he said to the angels, you tried to stop me. But here I am. And what did they do? I can tell you right now what the angels did. The first thing they did, they bowed down. And worshipped the king of glory. He had to turn to the devil and say, give me back the keys to the kingdom. That, come on, that. Had to give him the keys. Jesus took the keys, walked towards paradise. Abraham, I promise you, I'm coming for you, brother. Opens up the key. Oh, come on. Daniel, Isaiah, you prophesied that the Messiah will suffer, but on the third day, rose in power, I came for you. And he opened up the keys. Because the Bible says this in the Gospels, that when Jesus, when he rose from the dead, the Bible says the graves in Jerusalem were emptied of those who died in the Lord. And the Bible says those who came out of the tombs went to their homes to greet their families, to say, hey, we just want to say hello and goodbye. Imagine your loved one knocks on your door that has died in the Lord. And says, I just want to say hello. Where are you going? I'm going back to paradise. No, you're not. You stay here with me. But imagine that. I'm going home with Jesus. In a twinkling of an eye, I made my reservation. For a mansion in the sky, I. And I may not know the day, but I know that I believe him. When he calls his church away, I'm going home with Jesus. In a twinkling of an eye, I made my reservation. For a mansion in the sky, I may not know the moment. And I may not know the day. But I know that I'll believe it when he calls his church away. One more time. I'm going home with Jesus in a twinkling of an eye. I'm in my reservation for a mansion in the sky. I may not know the moment and I may not know the day. But I know that I'll believe it when he calls 
this church away. Come on again. I'm going home, oh, Jesus. Jesus. In a twinkling of an eye, I made my reservation for a mansion in the sky. Uh, may not know the moon. May not know the well, day. But I know that I'll believe when he calls eternity away. shout hallelujah we're going home with Jesus take your seat quickly near me and when that day come we will walk on streets of gold I said when that day come I don't want to speak to Abraham I don't want to see Peter I don't want to see John I want to see Jesus Christ oh hallelujah can you imagine that day? What a day that will be when all of the host of heaven worships and adores the great I am, our wonderful high priest. You've got no idea how much you are on the mind of Christ. The Bible says he thinks so much of you that he intercedes for you every single day. My God, you've got no idea how heaven will be. Thank you, Jesus, that he made a plan. When I die today, I'm not going to go into an underworld called paradise. I'll see him face to face. I can't, I can't even tell you what the day that will be. To see that man I've been preaching my whole life. Whew. To see him face to face. That day, I will never say to the Lord how many nations we've reached, how many people we've reached. I'll just thank him for his blood. Let your righteousness speak for me. And it's as simple as that. Just giving your life to the Lord, surrendering every, every single thing to Him. Walking in His righteousness. You know, I've dealt a little bit on the compartments and the underworld for the reason that you can understand what God has done for you. Where the Lord has saved you from. You understand that demons have no power over you. Only power they have over you is that which you have given them. Disembodied spirits. Fell with Satan, fell with Lucifer. And we have the victory today. Because Jesus says you cast him out. There's a, there's a big distinct difference in the scripture between the angels and demons. The Bible says this clear to us. Angels don't need a body. They can appear as people. This is why the, the scripture says that you have to be careful who you entertain. Many of you have entertained angels and you didn't even knew it. But demons need a body. They need a body to enter in. I want you to read your scripture. Thank you, Holy Spirit. The book of Revelation. I want to read you a couple. And then uh, you'll understand something. So powerful. I'm going, to read, I'm going to start to read from uh, Revelation 20. Verse 1, it says, Then I saw an angel coming down from heaven, having the key to the bottom of the spit and a great chain in his hand. He laid hold of the dragon, that serpent of old, who is the devil and Satan, and bound him for a thousand years. And he cast him into the bottomless spit and shut him up and set a seal on him, so that he should not deceive the nations no more, Till the thousand years were finished. But after these things he must be released for a little while. 
And I saw thrones and they sat on them and judgment was committed to them. Then I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded for their witness to Jesus and for the word of God, who had not worshipped the beast or his image and had not received his mark on their foreheads or on their hands. And they lived and reigned with Christ for a thousand years. This is the tribulation saints that will go through the tribulation. And the only way out is to be beheaded. And they, the scripture speaks about them, that they will reign with Christ for that thousand years on the earth. But the rest of the day did not live again until the thousand years were finished. This is the first resurrection. Blessed and holy is he who has part in the first resurrection. Blessed is he who is part of the first resurrection. And it says, over such the second death has no power, but they shall be priests of God and of Christ and shall reign with him a thousand years. Now when the thousand years have expired, Satan will be released from his prison and he will go out to deceive the nations which are in the four corners of the earth, the, the Gog and the Magog, and, and the scripture says, to gather to them together to battle, whose number is as the sand of the sea. Satan gathers people that will fight with him and their number is as much as the sand of the sea. Simple thing to explain to you. If you take, if you look at the sand of the sea, it's innumerable. You can't count, you can't count it. That's what the Bible teaches us here. Why the Lord says it's as much as the sand of the sea. It means innumerable. It can't be counted. Imagine that's how many people will be lost. All right, so I want to read on. It says, they went up on the breadth of the earth and surrounded the camp of the saints and the beloved city. And fire came down from God out of heaven and devoured them. The devil who deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophet are. That's a, please think about this. We have the Father, the Son and Holy Spirit. And the, Satan is a copycat. They have, they have the dragon and then they have, the Bible says, the beast and the false prophet. It's, it's a satanic trinity. And so what I believe with all of my heart is the devil, the antichrist, and then obviously the false prophet is somebody that will help the antichrist to come in. And it can be, and again, I'm not saying it is, I believe it will be a figure that will be trusted in, around the world, the false prophet. So everybody looks to him and will listen to him can't be it can be the Pope and it will help the Antichrist to reign so the Bible goes on it says the devil who deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophet are and they will be tormented day and night forever and ever then I saw a great white throne and him who sat on it from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away and there was found no place for them. Hear me? This is a white throne judgment. The Bible says the face of the earth tried to flee from him. Why? This is not, this is not grace no more. This is not mercy no more. This is judgment. They, the whole earth tries to flee from him because of his wrath and his judgment. Everybody that says God is just a God of love did not read their Bibles. There will come a day where mercy ends, where judgment will kick in. Amen? So it says, there was no place found for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, standing before God. And books were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged according to their works, 
by the things which were written in the books. The sea gave up the dead who were in it, and death and Hades delivered up the dead who were in them. Think about this. So Hades, she heal must give up the dead in them. So those who's already in hell, they will have to come out of hell, stand before judgment throne of God. Delivered up, uh, and it says, and they were judged, each one according to his works. Then death and Hades were cast into the lake of fire. Death and Hades were cast into the lake of fire. So what happens? Those in hell will be casted out into the lake of fire. Please hear me. If you die today and you go to hell, on judgment day, you're definitely going to the lake of fire. Definitely. There's no other way out. There's no mercy. Mercy. Listen, put your hand on your heart quickly. What do you feel? There's still hope for you. You still have a, a chance to get right with the Lord. You still have time. There's people in hell that will give anything to have a second chance to make right. You can't tell me, well, I'm too young, I'm too old. You never know when death comes. The Bible says life is like a vapor. And you can't, you can't get ready. You have to live ready. Nothing is worth going to hell over. Trust me. Nothing. Nothing in this world. So it says then, death and Hades were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And anyone not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Now, my question today is not whether you know the Lord. My question is whether the Lord knows you. Because the Bible says many will come in that day and say, Lord, Lord. And he will say, go away. I never knew you. This means they knew him, but he didn't knew them. My question to you today is not, do you have a checkbook? It's not, what do you have in your bank account? My question to you is, is your name written in the Lamb's book of life? And I want to just throw this in free of charge. 21, verse, or chapter 21. Now I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. Also, there was no more sea. So, unfortunately, in the new earth, there's not going to be a huge ocean as we know it today. It will go back to first creation. Genesis 1 verse 1. The dry land. Okay? And listen to this. Then I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. God himself will be with them and be their God. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Hear me. There shall be no more death. Nor sorrow. Nor crying. There shall be no more pain. For the former things have passed away. Now, this is why you have to hear me. If anybody tells you this is where we're going to be forever. And this is heaven. They're lying. The Bible says when the time comes with a new heaven and a new earth. Now, the Bible says, people say, well, you know, the Bible says the meek shall inherit the earth. So why, why do you want to get raptured? Well, let me explain to you. I am going to inherit the earth, but not this earth. This earth is going to be destroyed, the scripture says. So the Bible says I'm going to heaven. But now Revelation 21 teaches me this clearly. The new heaven is called oh, the holy Jerusalem, new Jerusalem will come down from heaven to the earth and it's taught very clearly that their God will dwell with us in other words at the end of time we're not going to live in heaven we're going to live on the earth 
but on the new earth where there's no more pain. If this is the earth that we're going to stay, then something is missing. Because the Bible says there will be no more death. People are dying every second. There's no more tears. Why is people crying every single day? There's no more sorrow. The whole world is full of sorrow. So absolutely, we're going to live on the earth forever, but not this earth. We will live in the new earth. Come on, in the new Jerusalem, where we will reign with Him forever and forever and forevermore. I hope, I hope you've enjoyed this message. I hope you've learned something from the word of the Lord. That there's a, there's a better country. Oh, hallelujah. A better country where moth and thief cannot come in. The Bible says nothing unrighteous would be able to come into the new city. There will be walls all around. I will be there. You will be there. Your children will be there. Come on, I declare your children will be there. We will be with the Lord forever. I love it when he says that the tabernacle of God is with men. It means that God is with us like the original plan in the Garden of Eden where he dwells with us, walks with us talks with us listen imagine this you can speak to him every day be in his marvelous presence every day i can just tell you this we think it we can imagine it we can't our brains are too small imagine to see this high and lifted king the train of his rope fills the temple and we're going to be with him every single day no more night no more pain imagine this in heaven no more night as you like him to slap, can you slap and no? Because in heaven, no more night. No more night. The Bible says there will not even be a sun. The S-U-N will no longer be there. For the S-O-N, His light will shine and be the light in the city. His holiness and His glory. My goodness. This is why they say that when people die in the Lord, most of them experience a bright light. Obviously. Obviously. They see their own. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Lift your hands with me quickly, would you? Father, we love you. This morning we love you. We want to say thank you that you made a, a way for us. That we should not be condemned to hell but that we have part of everlasting life thank you that you are our righteousness this morning thank you that you shed your blood on Calvary's cross so that we might be free today and Lord today we just want to make sure that heaven knows us even if we are not famous on the earth as long as heaven knows our name I pray for each of these people that not one of them will be lost I pray, Lord, that your blood will speak for them every day. Jesus, your word says that you make intercession for us every single day. Your name has been heard in heaven right now. Every single second, he makes intercession for you. Your name was just released in heaven. Jesus was just interceding and praying for you. This is why he said to Peter, Satan wanted to sift you as wheat, but I prayed for you. That your faith should not fail. You might feel weak. It might seem like your, your faith is failing you. But I'm telling you today that you have a great high priest in heaven right now. Praying for you that your faith should not fail. 
even as he prayed father i pray for those you have given me that not one of them would be lost i pray for you right now in the name of jesus that not one of you would be lost but it will come to the full knowledge of jesus christ i thank you lord that you are great this morning we don't even want to ask for anything we just want to say that you are great and greatly to be praised be exalted O son of god be exalted we pray thank you lord that the victory is ours thank you that after this morning that you have given us revelation of your word and there's a there's a new depths that we experience with you like never before we glorify you right now in the name of jesus i want you to do me a favor just one minute close your eyes lift your hands and speak to the lord right now i want you to say to the lord lord if there's anything in me that is not of you that i need to deal with i want you to ask to show me lord right now i want to pluck it out of my heart remove it as far as the east is from the west from me lord and think of my iniquity no more i pray thank you for your blood thank you for the blood of the lamb in jesus name in jesus name